It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Faster my crazy day, my pack commute, all those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On Vikings on the Locked On Podcast Network. A fresh week of Minnesota Vikings shows with Sam Ekstrom and Sage Rosenfels. You can follow us on Twitter at Sam Ekstrom, at Sage Rosenfels18. The corporate account is at Locked On Network. And you can always subscribe on iTunes and leave a five-star rating. That would be great. Sage, happy President's Day. How was your weekend? Uh, it was great. I actually had this uh, Saturday, uh, we did this sort of meet and greet session. I, I put together a list of former professional football players here in Omaha who uh, might have a little extra time on their hands. And, and we're going we're gonna to be doing some individual football training for, for kids in the area. So Saturday we had a meet and greet. Uh, Danny Woodhead, the running back for the Chargers, uh, who I believe is a free agent, mm-hmm. uh, he and his brother and Amon Green own this D1 facility here in Omaha, and uh, it's got a nice turf field on it, and, and I thought I could do some, some QB training there, uh, so I organized uh, former players. So Kenny Anatolo, uh, who Viking fans remember, uh, he played for the Vikings, I believe, for four years, sort of a linebacker, special teamer. Uh, he lives here. He lives about a mile from me. Uh, Dave Tollison played defensive end in the NFL, mostly for the New York Giants, some for the Packers. Got two Super Bowl rings, uh, he, so he's more of a defensive end guy. Chris Bober was our offensive line guy. Uh, Zach Bowman was an eight-year uh, cornerback in the NFL for you know for the Vikings for I think one season, at least a training camp, but definitely for the Bears for a number of years yep. and some other teams. And so, try to put together this big group uh, of guys. Danny Woodhead was there also, and so you know if your if your kid needs individual quarterback training or offensive line training, you know it's hard to get that really good training for you know even young kids. The correct technique and and uh, start stance and, and how to you know, be successful as a football player. There's just at the Pop Warner middle school, even high school level, there's just no way for all these coaches to have the expertise that uh, that we do. So this is sort of a new thing that we're, we're trying out, something to do, uh, and we can you know show up and, and basically just teach individual period uh, for you know for a good hour uh, to these young kids. I'm telling you, this is where the coaching itch is going to start for you. You're going to start doing Pop Warner, then you're going to get an offer for a middle school, then a high school, <laughs> and pretty soon you'll be doing UNO football. Well, I wish. UNO doesn't have football anymore. That's oh. the whole thing. They, they, they cut it. It was, a, it was a big story in Omaha. Before I got here, you know, that's where Kenny Anatolo went. That's where Zach Miller, the tight end for the Bears, went. They went to UNO. I think Zach might have been on the last team. Uh, so whenever his rookie year was in the NFL or whatever, that was I think that was the last year of UNO football, probably three or four or five years ago. And, uh, yeah, they, they cut football, they cut wrestling. And, and wrestling, they actually just had won the national championship uh, at whatever level UNO was wrestling at, and they, they literally cut it the next day. 
Uh, it's, it's the way it goes. It's, it's the, the financial aspect of it. Obviously, UNO was, was probably taking some athletes from the Huskers as well. And, uh, and financially, it wasn't making any money. So, yeah, I mean, you, you know, no longer has football. But as far as the coaching itch uh, is concerned, I think this is what we actually talked about this with the guys. We all, we all have the coaching itch. We all like the game. We all love talking about the game, teaching the game. But, you know, we don't want to spend 100 hours a week coaching. We, we're, we're happy with our one to two. Just back on that UNO thing, I feel foolish for not knowing that because I used to go to UNO games all the time when they would play USD in Vermilion. And, you know, the Mavericks were a really good football team back in, like, the mid-2000s, and the Mavericks and Coyotes would have some really good games. It's too bad to hear that they're done. I think I remember hearing that now. They have a hockey program, right? I think they're in a pretty big conference. Yeah, they, they, they play all the teams at the Gophers and, and uh, you know, Minnesota-Duluth play. They, they play those teams. A lot of kids from Minnesota. Uh, I think they made the Frozen Four two years ago. They got a beautiful new hockey-slash-basketball arena uh, down there. I'm just off campus. It's about eight or nine thousand uh, people. They filled up uh, almost all the way. I think regularly for the hockey games. Uh, I'm not sure how they are this year. They weren't as good last year, but yeah, they made the Frozen Four two years ago. That was a big, big step for them, and and uh, they they love their hockey over at UNO. So uh, yeah, it, it's it's uh, and the basketball program is not bad. Uh, the, the girls' basketball program is pretty good. Uh, the, the men's basketball program just went Division One a couple years ago, so uh, they're, they're pretty decent as well. So they, uh, uh, Trev Alberts, the former Nebraska Husker and, and defensive end in the NFL, uh, he's the athletic director there at UNO. Would you say that people in Omaha are primarily Creighton fans, UNO fans, or Huskers fans? So I, I've got this joke that I occasionally, I'm not sure if you've seen it on Twitter, but uh, they, they call them Jaskers. Uh, here in, uh, in in Omaha, at least that's what I call them. Other people call them that too. It's you're a Creighton fan and during basketball season, but then you're a Husker fan uh, during football season. So you're a Jasker. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Creighton, you know, the Creighton, the Creighton basketball team is very good, and uh, their, their head coach is former Iowa State coach in Iowa, uh, Greg McDermott, and you probably know his son Doug McDermott uh, who plays for the Bulls. So uh, yeah, it's Creighton basketball, and Nebraska football around here. Yeah, that makes sense. A couple great programs. Well, we got some NFL talk to get to here on Locked On Vikings. Thought what we do today, Sage, is set the table for Vikings free agency specifically. We got 17 days until free agency officially opens up. I think the negotiating period will probably start even a little bit before that. But the Vikings have technically 15 free agents. And I thought we'd just go down the list, give your gut reaction what you think is going to happen, uh, what you would advise, and I'll kind of chip in the same. And obviously topping the list is Matt Khalil, who's really the first domino, I think, in this offseason plan. If you sign Khalil, then that removes one area that you really have to address in free agency or the draft. So Khalil, topping the list of Vikings free agents, your thoughts? Well, he's important, and, and left tackle was an issue almost the entire year for the Vikings. Offensive line, we've talked about that over and over and over. But left tackle, probably the most important uh, and, and most difficult position to play along that offensive line. So unless they feel like they've got something to, to replace him, uh, and you know they don't have a first-round draft pick, so uh, it's not going to be through a first-rounder. It's maybe a second-rounder that they really like. But uh, it's hard to step in a left tackle and play right away and, and be successful. So. Uh, you know, he's important to sign back in, in some facets. You know, who knows what the money's going to be for the team? Who knows what the money's going to be for the, what Khalil uh, really wants? Uh, so, you know, this is something that we'll have to 
obviously see, and as you said, this will this will be a domino effect. If they can get him signed, maybe they can take uh, some of that energy and money uh, and, and go put into maybe a, another guard or a, a right tackle or something uh, to sign someone somewhere else as well. But if they can't sign him, now they're really out uh, scrambling around trying to find a legitimate left tackle. This is a very important position for the Vikings to get settled. Yeah, we haven't heard any rumblings that Matt Khalil isn't looking to re-sign. A lot of times that stuff leaks early on. I would say a 60 to 70% chance Matt Khalil signs here for the reasons you mentioned. Technically, Brandon Fusco is a free agent, but he's not going to be back after being cut. Captain Munerlin is uh, the free agent. Nickelback rumors early on are saying that Captain Munerlin will not be back in Minnesota. Those are the early reports. Do you think that's a good or bad move? Well, I think it, I think he's a good player, and I think the team uh, would like to have him. Uh, but uh, you know, they've got a first rounder on one side. They are, they've got a couple first rounders at cornerbacks. So they're, they're spending a lot of money at that position, and a lot of times you can't spend uh, a lot of money on you know three cornerbacks. Somebody has to be cheaper. So m- my guess is that Mike Zimmer thinks that he can take a young kid uh, who's either on the roster already uh, or maybe even on the practice squad. Uh, or somebody they can maybe find late in the draft and, and turn him into a nickelback. I mean, the nickelback is very, very important. I, I believe I saw a story just this morning, maybe on Pro Football Talk, about uh, Captain Munlin talking about uh, the importance of the nickel spot, Bill Belichick talking about that role. It's a very important role on a team, but uh, it's also a role that w- w- with a good young athletic player, you can teach to be very good at it. I mean, you're, you're playing a lot of sort of inside leverage man-to-man uh, a lot or just straight up man-to-man coverage. Uh, so it's not the most complex position. It's just an important position. And, and if you have a good man-to-man coach, which Mike Zimmer is, he probably believes he can go out and find somebody uh, to really coach up uh, and become that good man-to-man nickel corner, nickel corner player. Munderland's in an interesting spot because age-wise, he's in no man's land. He started playing in the NFL when he was really young. So he got to his second contract early Now he's on his third contract. He's turning 29 in April. So I think in the Vikings' eyes, they're saying, well, you're pushing 30. We don't want to give you a long-term deal. Munderland's saying, no, I'm in my physical prime. I want another long-term deal. I want this much money. And I think that there's just going to be a difference of opinion there, which is going to lead the Vikings to move on from Munderland, who is probably going to cash in the most he can, and who can blame him? I'm not sure the Vikings can afford that. Andre Smith, the right tackle who only played four games for the Vikings last year. doesn't feel like he comes back, correct? I can't imagine. Um, I think anything along that offensive line is up for grabs right now. So this is something that, you know, Sperano and those people who are really in the day-to-day, truly in the day-to-day, you know, they're, they're making decisions based off of whether they like guys, whether they think guys can improve, um, be part of the group, whether they're worth – you know, the money. So, uh, you know, based off of what we've seen so far, I would assume he's not going to be back either. Sean Hill, 37-year-old quarterback. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. Um, if he plays again, I feel like it's probably not going to be in Minnesota, and, and he could call it quits uh, at age 37. Yeah, I think he might be done. You know, based off my conversations with him, uh, it's, it sounded like this was going to be his last year. He's got two young kids. He'd really like to spend a lot of time with them. He's made his money. Uh, you might get you know another you know nine hundred thousand dollars or maybe a million dollars for the veteran minimum is not going to change uh, his family's life and I think that uh, you know his body's been beat up too so I think it's uh, I think he's going to shut it down he might come back you never know you know things change throughout the year but uh, it's from what I could tell it seemed like he wanted to be done after after last season.
And as we move through this list, it's becoming more and more evident how many uncertainties there are for Minnesota. There's a ton of guys on this list who you just don't know what's going to happen with. And uh, a guy here, Chad Greenway, in Sean Hill's shoes, uh, has not announced his retirement yet, but I got to think is probably done. Although, I didn't think it would take this long for him to announce it. Yeah, well, and Chad's got, I think, four daughters, so he's extremely busy, too. And he's he's the type of dad who loves coaching all the teams and being really involved with that. Uh, he and his wife have some wonderful, wonderful charity work they do as well. Uh, I do expect Chad Greenway, if he does retire and if he is done, uh, to stay in the Minneapolis-St. Uh, Paul area. Uh, I think that's going to happen. They, they've really turned that place into their home. His wife's from Chicago. Uh, obviously, Chad's from the Dakotas. But uh, I think Minneapolis is a, a spot that they really like and, and uh, sort of in between both where they grew up. So I think it's a good spot for him. But I, I know when, when he and I had talked this year, you know, he did talk about that. You know, he, he thought it was probably going to be his last year. But it was interesting because his body felt so good. You know, for the first uh, you know, 90% of his career, 80% of his career, he was a three-down linebacker playing, you know, all these snaps in the game, some on special teams, and was just really beat up. And then as he's gone to the sort of – one to two down linebacker uh, and really almost no special teams. His body feels great, but also he's less and less valuable to the football team. Uh, and, and uh, you know, and even if he was playing for the minimum, the question, you know, would Chad Greenway want to suit up and put his body at risk for, you know, again, a million bucks when he just had a, you know, what, a $40 million contract? Greenway, the last two years, has waited until late March to sign those one-year deals. So maybe he's just waiting. Maybe he's just going to see if the Vikings come to him with a, with a contract offer. Don't know for sure. Greenway, in all likelihood, going to retire. We'll probably find out in the next month, I would think. Ring of Honor guy? Definitely a Ring of Honor guy, correct? I mean, if you spend 10 years basically in one organization uh, and do things right. You got to think he's a ring of honor player. There's this whole thing with like, you know, hall of fame and, and, uh, the, the, the team, uh, you know, the legends of teams. And I think there's something about not necessarily that, you know, Chad Greenwood didn't go to seven pro bowls. You know, he's not like, he's not Steve Hutchinson, uh, or, or Jared Allen. Uh, but wait, you know, to play in one organization for 10, 11 years, just as a consistent player, I believe, in my opinion, you know, earn sort of the the respect of the organization, the respect of the city, and somebody that uh, you know the Minnesota Vikings should should celebrate uh, in the future and and uh, and forever really by by putting Chad Greenway's name up there. Plus, he's a local kid. I think it's great to have you know sort of a local kid uh, in that Ring of Honor as well. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst. I'm just looking quickly through the list of inductees. They've got, there's some legends on this list. Joey Browner, Matt Blair, Chris Dolman, John Randall, Chuck Foreman. I mean, that is elite company. So Greenway can make it on that list. And obviously Carter in there, Carl Eller, Corey Stringer, who passed away. And man, Jim Marshall, if Greenway gets inducted, that is some elite company. And as I sort of said, I mean, a lot of those players who are Hall of Famers and also a lot of them were, you know, spent the majority or the entire career with the Vikings. But that was before free agency and all those things. That just doesn't happen as much anymore. So there's fewer and fewer players who really do spend 10 years with one team. So, you know, Chad Greenway, 
maybe went went to one or two Pro Bowls. Uh, I think that he was his tenure as a Viking and, and the way he held himself on and off the field. Uh, I think also plays a factor in it. Absolutely. Continuing in the kind of the second half of this list, Terrence Newman, the cornerback, 38 years old, and like we said, another domino effect in this offseason. If they sign Newman, that changes, I think, their approach in the rest of free agency. Newman and Munderland, uh, are there's a domino thing going on there too, you know. So uh, again, I, th- I think those both those guys. The question is whether Zimmer and their and that crew think that there's some younger guys that we don't maybe know about all that well, uh, practice squad guys, guys that were sort of on the bench. Do they like those guys to fill that role of third corner, fourth corner? Newman, I would say, is 50-50. I, I honestly have no clue which direction he's leaning or the Vikings are leaning. Cordero Patterson, a guy we've talked a lot about, 25 years old. He's probably looking for a big contract. Good player, but do the Vikings want to bring him back? I would say maybe a little more than 50% no. I think Patterson's going to want to move on and try to get the most money possible. The, the challenge of him getting that money is he has yet to show that he can be a traditional wide receiver. He's a great return guy. He's a good receiver to put in there for wide receiver screens and reverses and, and little shallow crossing routes. But to get paid as a wide receiver, you have to prove that you can line up, go one-on-one uh, with, with, a, with a top corner, and make catches and make plays. We're talking about you know back shoulder fade routes. We're talking about beating the guy off the line, running slant routes, uh, and winning, and then making making uh, making some money after the catch. And, and he really has not shown the traditional wide receiver role. Uh, he's sort of the gimmicky Tyreek Hill you know type of player. And, and though I think he'll get paid a pretty good amount of money, um, unless he can play true wide receiver and add something more than just kickoff return uh, to the table. Um, I think your value is just a little bit lower. I mean, and we, we also know that, you know, kickoff return, there are just not as many returns now than, than there were 10 years ago uh, with the way that the ball has been moved up and the way, you know, you can get the ball 25-yard line. So the value of the kickoff return is less important now than it used to be as well. Yeah, and there have been articles written that outline how the advantage for good special teams groups uh, is, is decreasing. The margin's going down. It used to be that if, you know, when the kickoff was at the 30 and the touchback was at the 20 – Good special teams units were getting about four yards extra beyond the league average, whereas now that it's at the 35 and the 25, the field is shrunk, and you're only getting one or two yards beyond the league average. Well, and it's, yeah, the value of the special teamer uh, has gone down in a lot of ways in recent years, and it, it's because the NFL has made it less important, and the reason is the amount of injuries that occur on special teams plays are much higher than regular football. I mean, a kickoff uh, or a punt in which players are screaming down the field for, you know, 40 or 50 yards uh, and at top speed, you know, they're running a uh, four or five, 40 or whatever it is, is screaming down the field. And then they hit somebody who's running full speed in the opposite direction or whatever that, that calls for some just major, major collisions and then cause ends up being a lot of injuries so the NFL is trying to cut down on, on obviously those injuries. And one of those things is uh, sort of minimizing the importance of these special teams plays. I'll tell you what, that, those are our first tier free agents. Let's save kind of the second tier of free agents for Wednesday's show. We'll talk about them at that point, And we'll finish this show. Since we're talking about wide receivers, we'll talk about a couple potential replacements. If the Vikings need to go out and sign somebody, here's my thought. The Vikings at wide receiver are very young. Diggs, 23, Thielen, 26, Johnson, 27, Wright, 27. Those are the oldest guys, Wright and Johnson. 
and they're only 27 years old. Treadwell's obviously 21. Patterson's 25. So why don't you go out and get somebody with a little more experience, somebody a little more seasoned, someone like Anquan Bolden, who wound up in Detroit last year, 36 years old. I mean, he's not going to upset the apple cart. He doesn't have a huge ego. He could come in, I think, and be a very steadying force and not cost that much money. Well, Bolden brings an attitude to a team. I mean, I don't know if Bolden can run a five-second 40 anymore. That's not what he brings, but he brings an attitude uh, to a team, to the receiver position, a level of expectation of how you work, how you compete, how you play. Uh, I think that's what this team might need, especially younger guys like Diggs uh, who are on the roster who could probably use that veteran who's just nasty, uh, and that's the way Bolden plays. Well, what about Victor Cruz? You know, Victor Cruz has, has, has won Super Bowls or won a Super Bowl. Uh, he, he was a very, very good player a couple of years ago. He's been injured a little bit. Obviously, he's not as important anymore with, uh, with the stardom of Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, and Shepard over there in New York. And I think he has plenty left in the tank. He's not that old either. His first year was, was 2010. Uh, so he still has, I think, plenty left in the tank. And he might be a guy that could uh, add some pizzazz to this Vikings uh, receiver core. So I think there's, there's, there's going to be some guys out there. The question is, uh, you know, does, does Minnesota go out there and spend the money? They have in the past. And I believe they have overpaid many times in free agency four wide receivers. Uh, we, we could talk about Mike Wallace. Uh, we'll go, go back to, to Bernard Berrien. And they really paid a lot of money for some of these guys who end up being really just sort of average wide receivers. Yeah, you took the words out of my mouth with Cruz. I was going to ask you about him, a guy who really kind of regressed because of injury and because of the emergence of Beckham Jr., but he's 30 years old, still probably has a couple of years left. What's nice about Cruz is he can win on the slot. He, he initially started off as a slot guy. But he is dangerous on the outside. He's not a big kid, but he is dangerous on the outside to go up there and win some one-on-one matchups, win some one-on-one battles. But usually really just wins with his great route running. Uh, he's got a suddenness about him. Uh, I played with him in 2010 uh, with, with the New York Giants, and he has a suddenness about the way he moves and, and the, the way he does with the ball after the catch. So he's one of those sort of slot guys that does have the ability to play on the outside. A guy like Cordell Patterson could learn a lot of things from someone like Victor Cruz. Ted Ginn Jr., 31 years old, was really, really good two years ago when the Panthers made the Super Bowl. 752 yards last year, and he's another pretty cheap veteran option. I could see Ted Ginn as a guy to go to San Francisco uh, with Kyle Shanahan, to be honest. We'll, we'll, see, we'll see what happens with them. But Shanahan loves to have, have sort of wide receivers that do different things really, really well, and he always wants at least one, if not two guys, who are just stupid fast. I mean, guys that can just scream down the field. They really open it up for the other wide receivers. And my guess is they'll be looking for somebody that can really scream down the field and and threaten the defense so it opens up stuff for the underneath guy or uh, opens up stuff for that guy. Uh, He he likes those super fast guys. That's what was the number 18 uh, for for Atlanta was this last year. That kid was a shepherd, I think his name was. or uh, Gabriel? Yeah, yeah. So he he last year was sort of that player for – uh, for Atlanta, somebody that can, can really make big plays once the ball is, is in his hands. And what Vikings fans have to consider, too, is how they are perceived by free agents, not just how they perceive the players. Guys may look at the Vikings roster and say, well, Diggs is entrenched, Thielen is probably entrenched, and they're obviously going to give preference to Treadwell. So if they've got three in place, then they don't need me. 
I think you, you have to find someone who's really got a low ego, who's willing to come in and be a mentor figure, maybe not play as much. And that may not happen. You may not get somebody who's who's got a big name, who's got a great track record, who wants to come in and do that. So it may not work out to sign one of these great veterans, but it's a pipe dream. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, those guys are entrenched, but they're also not number one guys quite yet. I mean, Diggs is is close to number one guy that the Vikings have, but you know, he's just not a go-to guy. That's he hasn't caught a hundred balls uh, yet this year. You know, he hasn't he, or he hasn't been to you know multi Pro Bowls. He's no you know he's no Julio Jones. That's for dang sure. So mm-hmm. they've got some good wide receivers, but they don't have a great wide receiver. So it's hard to go out and get a great one. But if you can get four good wide receivers, that makes it harder for a defense to cover everybody. Well, Sage, pat yourself on the back because we just went a day where I didn't know what we were going to talk about, and we went 25 minutes. So we've accomplished our our Monday show. Good stuff. We'll talk to you again on Wednesday. All right. Sounds good. He's Sage. I'm Sam. It's Locked On Vikings on the Locked On Podcast Network. Advertise on the show. Just email LockedOnVikings at gmail.com. Be back with you tomorrow morning. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst. Hey, sports fans. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves, the Minnesota Timberwolves podcast on the Locked On NBA Network. The Wolves might be in the middle of what's turned out to be a pretty miserable season, but there's still plenty to talk about. From the aftermath of the trade deadline to looking ahead at what moves Gerson Rosas and the front office might be planning for the summer to the possibility that all-star snub Carl Anthony Towns could go off on any given night, it's still going to be a fun spring. Tune into Locked On Wolves daily, Monday through Friday. I'm Ben Beacon with Locked On Wolves, and we'll catch you next time.